All right, we're here at the CrossFit 10-year affiliate gathering. For, <laughs> for <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, okay. we are. Fern is purposely being quiet because so we, we came down to the lobby of the Westin, which is a really nice resort that we're lucky enough to be at. Huge buffet breakfast and in the middle of Whistler. And I just said to Fern, follow my lead for the podcast because we came down with the intention of recording this show about an hour ago. And we just keep running. 30 into, minutes. All right, 30, 30 minutes. minutes. But we keep running into people. There's people waving and looking at us over there. That's Amy Hollingsworth. Uh, Dan Hollingsworth is over there. CrossFit Kitsap, Washington. Yep. David Osorio just walked by from South Brooklyn. The girls of Girls Gone Wad. Lots of things. Rocket CrossFit. Rocket CrossFit. So many. So Seattle. Many. Pat Sherwood was here. The I general from China. Yeah, so, okay. And it, so it's it's where you want to be. Matt Swift from Australia. <laughs> Listen, I could do this all day. Fern has a better angle on the room than I do. <laughs> okay, but then here's, here's what I'm putting out there, because we do have to get over to the get-together, the gathering. But we wanted to record a few podcasts this week, and we're going to get some of those great people that Fern just pointed out. But I was on a walk earlier today with Justin Berg, Justin Berg, for those who are unaware, is the general manager of the CrossFit Games. He owns or owned and sold CrossFit Southside in Jacksonville, Florida. And Roz and I and my wife were going on a hike, and Justin tagged along. But he said something interesting to me. Was he a third wheel, just the three of you? It was a bit of a third wheel scenario. But like I told Fern before the show, too bad I didn't record because he dropped some dirt on the CrossFit Games. That shall remain silent. Go to the vault with me. But... One question Justin did pose to me that I'm going to ask Fern, and then if he wants, we can talk a little bit about it, is, you know, what was the difference when all of us first affiliated? So we're in the 10-year gathering, meaning every affiliate here has been here since at least 2009. Uh, You know, Fern and I, for years prior to that, what was the difference and what sparked someone in 2007, 8, and 9 to become an affiliate? versus what is happening now in 2019. So, and, and real quick, I'll give my brief answer. Yep. And, and it was like, just like, hey, at first glance, at first thought, it really reminded me of the Simon Sinek TED Talk, Start With Why. Yeah. And, you know, how great leaders inspire action. And to great me, Great book as well. Great, absolutely. And we were really early adopters. But, but what caused that? So are you comfortable with the fact that I said follow my lead? Was that, was that a good – did I lead you in a good direction? Following you anywhere makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> However, this is a good topic. No, no, it, it, this is a great topic because of where we are. And, yes. I, and, I, and I do think the topic is relevant because we're not going to get that time back, meaning like that, that era of CrossFit is gone. And not necessarily for good or bad. It's just gone, right? Everything about fitness in general has evolved largely due to CrossFit. The landscape of micro gyms has evolved immensely, um, more so like in the past five years than any than probably the previous five years. But I think largely most people got into it first is because, A, they wanted to be early adopters. So if you think about crossing the chasm... It, it, kind of outlines that as far as like a lot of people that started the affiliates there were early adopters like nobody not everybody knew what crossfit was there was a select group of people largely people that that were like into pain and training uh 
And I think it'd be fair to say that 10 years ago, CrossFit was not for everybody. Well, yes, certainly, you know, and and just to be clear, some of what sparked this topic was A, the push to CrossFit Health, the change to the games, but also just expectations of affiliate owners back when we started versus what it is today. And, and, I, and I agree with you. Certainly the, the position CrossFit has taken in the fitness world has changed, so now it really is for everybody. I, I think part of it was when I opened in 2007, I don't know how you felt, but I never really thought of it like I'm opening a business. I just looked at it as, hey, I'm a trainer. This is a better way to train people. I can handle more of them at once. I can probably make more money. But I didn't look at it like, hey, I need to go to the attorney and draw up a, an LLC, all that kind of stuff. I literally was just m- whatever money I had in my personal bank account I would I don't, spend. I don't think any most people probably thought of it that way in well, 2009 because it was a passion project for most people. It was not, I'm getting in this. Most people did not start their CrossFit gyms in order to leave their jobs. Meaning it was something right. they did on the side because they wanted to have their own place where they wanted to chill out and work out and hang out with their friends. But it, for most people, it wasn't how they intended to pay their bills. Right. It was just a passion project that for some of us became lucrative and full businesses. But at the time, it was more, hey, didn't you feel a little bit like you're joining a revolution? Correct. And that, and that kind of is what I was alluding to earlier when I stated that that era of CrossFit is gone. So the allure of this thing is new, is gone. You know, CrossFit is as mainstream as it's going to get as far I, I in the it, fitness industry. I think it'll become, personally, I think it'll become even more mainstream. I think it is mainstream Maybe now. it is, but, but nobody, people know what it is. Yes. Right? They but may not know become, the ins out. Of, they may not know the ins and outs of it, but if you say CrossFit to somebody, there's not, it's not, the question is generally not what is CrossFit, right? The, the question is people already have assumed ideas of what CrossFit is, right? And, to, and that's when I say it's mainstream. If, some, if people have already assumed they know what it is, it, it's not a secret anymore. Now, whether they're right or not is a totally different discussion, but people have an idea and they have an opinion about it, good or bad. Do you think there will ever be a day when CrossFit is the standard of training versus, I'd say... I think it depends on how we do with this podcast, Jay. <laughs> then there's no hope. <laughs> but, you know, wouldn't you say the average person that thinks about joining a gym thinks of chest tries and cardio as, as the standard? A traditional gym. Tradi- traditional gym. You know, I'm, I don't even know if I can answer that question. I have no idea what the average gym goer this day an age is looking for meaning like somebody who's not looking for functional type fitness i think i think the craze now is a lot of people are looking for spin-offs of crossfit that have a crossfit-esque flavor but don't actually they're boutique but they don't actually have the the work capacity requirement of crossfit right? right people are trying to do crossfit but they're just trying to do it the easy way and to each their own i'm not mad at anybody for that and and i don't think in their mind they realize they're trying to do it the easy way someone has probably um you know guided them improperly and said crossfit is dangerous so do otf or do barry's boot camp or one of those it's safer yeah and you'll lose weight faster that's well, what that's what they're being told. For even sure, if it's not true. Yeah, I but think a lot of people are being sold the false bill of goods in the sense that, like, hey, there's an easier way to do this other than work really hard. But my my point is, you know, if we take the entire 
community of people that exercise in this country, CrossFit is still probably less than 1%. That is a... F yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. That's a fair statement. It's not... We all think it's the thing, and we all think that everybody knows it and, and is aware that it exists, but the reality is if you as you start to get out of that small pond that was started in back in 2002 and everybody started fishing in very lightly in 2008 and 9 it's still a small pond we have not gotten to the ocean yet yeah i mean i think people are misguided when they think you know first of all you'd have to i mean this can become a super deep tangent but okay what classifies someone exercises in this country right they walk 3 times a week so now you're going to say probably 10% of people that claim they exercise are just walking or jogging. They're right? doing the minimal amount of movement to be classified as a human yeah. being. <laughs> no, there's a lot. You know, and then most people that say, hey, I do exercise regularly would probably say, do some shitty version of bodybuilding style workout with yeah. 20 minutes. You know, then you have the yogis. Then you have the all, you know, point is CrossFit's still very, very small. and Which is good news. Why for so? For everybody. Meaning, for those people who think, how many times have you heard the, the market is saturated, like CrossFit gym, CrossFit is in a downward trend? Oh, countless. Every, every seminar, someone's asking, you know, do you think it's too busy in, this, in Atlanta, New Orleans? You know, no, it's not. And that's my point, is that the, we, we're, I think we're in a unique scenario where people think that CrossFit has, has begun to kind of teeter or, or uh, sputter out when in fact we haven't even really gotten started i think everybody just has to recalibrate the lens that they're looking at crossfit and the overall fitness space through meaning and coach glassman has talked about this and elaborated on this probably better than anybody crossfit has owns the elite fitness space like there is no other player yeah people like, will claim they own it like the ocr guy or the F45 the or all that stuff. But it, it, people, people, nobody is, is claiming elite fitness who's not doing CrossFit. It's just not a thing. And anybody, yeah, who's, anybody who says that is completely full of shit, right? So I think even the best in the OCR world this day realizes, hey, I'm really good at obstacle course. I'm not the elitist of elite when it comes to fitness. It's, that's a specialty sport, right? You're, you're good at obstacle courses, yeah. you know? And, and kudos to, uh, what's his name, the guy who showed up to the games, right? Like yeah, he, the Hunter. Hunter, yeah. Uh, and he, I think he did really well. Like, he got an invite, and he's, he's not a scrub. He's fit. I mean, like, by, yeah, by most metrics that we would. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the good news is that there's a, there's a lot of people out there, and and I'm hoping that some of the the things with regard to that will get addressed this weekend, which is where do people need to be shifting their focus and their sight in order to start capturing a larger part of that market. Um, and a lot of affiliates are figuring it out, meaning you can run a really great CrossFit gym, but people may need to think about lower barrier programs to get people in the door because no amount of you being a nice guy and smiley and, and having a good uh, social media presence is going to convince that person who is just scared to death. The only people that came into the gym in 2008 and nine were the people that were sadists. Yeah, they were. And that's what Justin and I started talking a little bit about. You know, in 2006, 7, 8, and 9, it was primarily 20 to 30-year-olds mostly men but some women and you know former athletes that were 
looking either, to try to regain yeah, their athleticism again. Yeah, and, and or at least that culture and community of it. Like, you know, the, how many married men and women that had their kids and now they're like, I still want to have some friends. I still want to participate in some community that's not a bar, that's not going out yeah. drinking. And that, that was primarily it. And nowadays it's, you know, a completely different demographic. And I, I believe that that's partly due to the CrossFit Health initiative. They're, my mom understands now that she can do CrossFit. We're back then. And, and part of what made it scary also was probably the fact that it was in dungeons and racquetball Yeah, it was dirty and, and it was scary and everybody played Megadeth on the, on the radio. And it, it was not, like I said before, it was not welcoming. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It, it was. It was a cult. So, right? and that was that was a fair categorization of CrossFit at that time, by the way. And it, so, part of the second, or the second part of the question that we were talking about was, are affiliate owners' expectations a lot higher now than they were back then? With it, regard to what? Anything and everything. So you know, those listening, maybe you've checked out the affiliate owner groups on Facebook. There's a handful of them. Or you just hear people griping or I'm disaffiliating or deaffiliating. Is that because there's entitlement and expectations these days? When in 07, for $500, that was my first affiliate fee. It's like, I don't expect CrossFit to do anything. In fact, just letting me use this name is really badass. Well, I, I think perspective matters. So first of all, it is an affiliation. And another way to look at it would be it is a licensing type um, model where you basically pay to use the name CrossFit with the credential while not disparaging the brand. Like that, that's, if I could sum it up, like that's what it is. There's no requirement on you to do anything. And even for $3,000, it's incredibly cheap. Like there, that is, that's the current rate. That's the current rate. But my point is what other brand are you going to buy into? It's going to cost you three grand a year. Yeah. Nothing. Zero. With, there is not one. It does not exist. With no rules associated with, no franchise. with it. Well, even though, even even if there were rules associated with it, you're not, it's not, there is no other brand that would be equivalent in size and recognition as CrossFit that is going to be near, I mean, Chick-fil-A maybe. Like, that's free, but that's a two-year <laughs> interview process to get in there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so my point is, is like, it's still incredibly cheap, so don't complain. So, but with that being said, <laughs> with that the, being the problem said, with doing a podcast in the lobby at an affiliate gathering is, you know, seventy percent of the people that I, walk I do want to let people chime in on here. You want to ask some of these people a question? I'll give them the the headset. Well, let's real finish quick. this, and then we'll just grab people as they come through. Okay. Um, no, I just think you know, in the whole spectrum of affiliate ownership, you do see that, and in general, we were talking about the games. We were talking about a lot of things. CrossFit is this thing that we care about, we're passionate about, and we believe we have a voice and we should be heard instead of sometimes just appreciating, hey, we, um, we get to do this thing, you know, we get to be a part of it. And I think when, when, you know, going back to the original question, it was because some of us that have been around for those for that long didn't expect anything out of it because it was just like, hey, it's like our favorite band is picking up, we're excited for them. We got tickets at a discounted rate. Yeah, and and I still get to go. And, and they hang let out. us backstage at no extra cost. Yeah, and 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 now when they, when I see them, I still get front row tickets every once in a while. But other people do as well. So what? So moving forward. So let's fast forward ten years, right? So we're at the ten year now. This is not. This is 
not the 10-year anniversary of CrossFit, for anybody who's confused, right? This affiliate gathering is for affiliates who have been open for 10 years or longer, which I believe the number is about 800. I believe at least 250 of those 800 are here. Yeah, that's exactly what I've heard. So uh, a good bit, right? So, you know, a quarter of them, 25% of them showed up in Canada, yeah, in Whistler, right? That's what, huge. That's I mean, a fucking big deal. I will say this. You know, because with all, whenever you use numbers, they're skewed, right? The first, out of the first 800, probably 90% were in the United States and Canada. Oh, uh, they had to have been, I would imagine. I mean, you could have had a... I mean, they could have, but I mean, like, that, that first 800 happened pretty quickly, and it happened primarily that's in the what, U.S. So I'm saying, the numbers are skewed. Like, people came from all over the world. Most people that are here are from the United States and Canada, because to have been a 10-year affiliate, you probably... There's a like, handful from Europe. Like Carl Stedman's here. Yeah, Dabs you're, you're is here. right. And, and um, some Drake is here. Some people are invited as well, so they may be guests. There's that like you, Armin dude. Like you, you're That's here. <laughs> you, you don't have an affiliate. You're here. I still have just an weaseling, affiliate. just weaseling your way around the CrossFit community. What's that Armin dude's name? Armin uh, Hammer. No, it's not Armin <laughs> Hammer. Yeah, <laughs> I swear. Oh, <laughs> Austin Bejeebing is over there. Can you come it, here, Austin? It's Bejeebing. Bejeebing. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to let you talk to Austin. I'm also going to teach him how to pronounce your name, Austin. It, it's it beginning. All right. So for those of you that don't. Up the air, no, no, no. I see how much product you have in there. You look good. <laughs> All right. So we have Austin Begeebing, Flowmaster. How, how long have you owned your affiliate? Uh, well, the, the credentials say 2007, but since 2008. Okay. It was January. All right. So Jay just asked me to ask you about the 2008 CrossFit Games. What do you want Can you be more like specific about that? Yeah. First rule of interviewing is be specific about your question. You you were at that games, right? I, I yeah, I participated in the games. Yes. Nice. And how did you do? I participated. I don't know if it was competing or it was more participating. Okay. Oh God. Wasn't Do you just want the microphone? You and I had a discussion, and you were upset because you didn't participate in one of the games because you would have done really well. I did. Yeah. The 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 07 games in my backyard. In aromas. In aromas. Yeah. And uh, when all the events were released, right? A little Woodstock of fitness. Is over there. We're gonna kick Austin off in the middle of his story. No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She is more important. It, shit. Get her over <laughs> here. Yeah. Get her over here. <laughs> oh, you can have my mic. You guys can talk. <laughs> um. So, anyways, yeah, I would have finished. I don't know, six or something. Dude, and you could have been the sixth fittest man on the earth. I'm the thirteenth in '08. So. There you go. You know. That's pretty cool. I think I have we had somebody that's placed higher than that on the podcast? Austin Maliolo came in sixth. Oh, okay. Well, so team. Team. Yeah, I'm talking individuals, bro. Come on, bro. Just give him a break. All right. So anyway, so I'm going to ask you this, Austin. So Jay and I were talking about the difference between opening a CrossFit affiliate in 2007, 8, 9, which is when the three of us opened our affiliates. Right. And now, and like some of the biggest differences that you see in nothing in particular, but just like the people and like what their expectations are for having an affiliate. Well, the sheer size of some of the affiliates that are opening now is, is astronomical, you know, in relation to back then. Yeah, nobody, nobody had, nobody was dumping $100,000 into their affiliate back then. I think both me and Jay opened up in a, in a racquetball court 
He did, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I did. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. So just for some context, so Austin is a Flowmaster, was training back in Santa Cruz way back in the day, um, you know, super, super talented coach. And I've when we have talked about you in a positive light on the podcast. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so he, he is no stranger to CrossFit and just an exceptional coach, so he has a lot of context to offer here. So, um, But, yeah, nobody had any investment-type dollars we would call it no it was it was relatively inexpensive you started small back then um i mean one of the biggest challenges was finding bumper plates we've talked about that too just like like the sheer the sheer the sheer problem of just getting access to equipment was a problem right um built my own rig most people did right that that whole scenario now you can one-stop shop all over the place yeah online and go to rogan you can hit the button once and you can get a fully outfitted gym that's there. There are, I mean, I know a few people that have opened affiliates recently that have um, companies behind them, like Two Brains Business. Yeah, like VCs. Yeah, yeah they're, they're that, coming. Well, not yeah. just that, but also. Mentoring, teach, structure. Mentoring, yeah, yeah. Before they even open the doors. So they have systems in place. Yep. You know? When I think all of us started, it was, well, at least for myself, um, I didn't have a background in business whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I was a trainer in a gym, found CrossFit, loved it wanted to share it with other people so and that's largely what he and i spoke about this like that that everybody that's here falls in that bucket like all 250 people fall exactly in that bucket you're like i'm super passionate about this i want to help people i'm just going to start a gym but nobody back then considered it a business (laughs) exactly right man and uh you know you stumble along and make some errors and we're all still here, so yeah. And you and I've had some conversations about like evolving the business. So, what in your mind, if we fast forward another ten years, what do you think it's going to take for people to be at the twenty-plus year affiliate gathering? I still, and and I don't know if this is naive or or not, but I still believe that if you create fit people and build a strong community that uh that you're going to be successful and sure there's a lot of business pieces beyond systems that Mm -hmm. need to be in place but if that's at the root of it all um i'm pretty confident that i'll be here in another 20 years i would agree and i think i think the people that keep that core function that you're talking about which is like constantly varied function movements executed high intensity and care 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 and that is the core value of whatever your business or your gym is and you can lay on all of the other systems the marketing and all of those things without completely abandoning the fitness aspect because i we i do see and i don't know how you feel i do see a lot of people that are kind of straying away from actually providing fitness and coaching and just going for sales and just trying to do all of the other stuff without actually addressing the service aspect of it right you have to do both And at that point, I think you win. And I think there's a lot of people who are straying away from the coaching aspect of it because they do need the systems and the sales and all that stuff. But it doesn't matter how good those are if your core product is not actually any good. Yeah. It's a, I mean, there's, I don't know how many emails you get as an affiliate owner a day about uh, so-and-so who can bring 50 new people to your box. Every day. But even if those worked uh, and 50 people showed up at your box, could you service them? And if you can't, that's a nightmare as a business owner. Uh, so, yeah, the service needs to be there. 
and then the systems laid on top of that definitely help but if you're delivering fitness and you're making your people more fit and and really that community feel is behind it i think that all of us here will be around if you could give gym owners either one to two real specific things in order to do that what would they be stick to what you're good at stick to what you know um, meaning like don't start doing all these weird programs and creating you know yeah, spin-offs of profit maybe yeah that's that's a piece of it but i mean i've seen the cycle of you know strength is king or aerobic capacity got or it gymnastics based but in reality it's you do constantly varied functional movements, high intensity over years and years and years. Um, that's me as an athlete. Yeah. You know, and, and I continue to improve at 40. I'm, when I take my son to, to school in the morning and look around at the other dads. You know, I would I, imagine uh, you're the fittest 40-year-old <laughs> rolling not around really, in most circles. I'm not trying to pop the collar. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's like this. It's just a reminder. This stuff works. And... Um, you can get caught up in, in, in the, you know, this is hot now and start to try to diversify a little too much, in my opinion, as an affiliate owner. You know, if I'm adding yoga and a specialty gymnastics class and a specialty powerlifting class and a specialty this class, um, there's experts for that. You know, f good friend, Jesse Burdick. Yep. Like, if I started a powerlifting class in my gym, I'm not a specialist when it comes to powerlifting. It's not my specialty. My specialty is CrossFit, and yeah, those movements are a piece of it, but I'm not gonna be nearly as successful as any specialist gymnast class or specialist powerlifting. If I try to offer all of them, it's gonna dilute the main product. I have, like, we have a specialist in my gym. He's a weightlifting coach. He's a former national champion, 94 kilo guy, like, but he's the weightlifting coach, not me. Right. Um, and I think that that's I've seen that work successfully in uh, in gyms, and the way that that I've seen it work successfully, and maybe you have a different experience, is basically subleasing the, you know, here's your program, you do it, man. Yeah, there's a lot of different um, ways to do it, and I think it's just a fair, it's a conversation about like what's fair for the other person, and it, now in order to do that, here's what you have to do. Going back to our like what the, the larger question is, you have to run a sound business in order to offer somebody else opportunity to do that inside the walls Correct. of your gym yeah, yeah. 100%. so no i think that's cool um yeah so that's one thing and um i think the second thing yes for two is uh i find that affiliate owners that fall out of living the lifestyle Ooh. fail i think you just if, if you're still living the lifestyle you're going to be passionate about oh, sharing oh that's that's a great point, actually, because I, now that you bring that up, I guess I've thought about that and had conversations, but I've never really, like, said it out loud, probably, is that I get what you're saying. I, I think the gym owners that are still training CrossFit and, like, that's their primary means of fitness have a healthy community, and the ones that don't probably aren't as healthy. Yeah, man. You know, in, or the absentee owner. Um, yeah. Which can work, but you have to have systems in place for that. Like, the person who replaces you needs to fit the bill for all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, they need to live CrossFit as a lifestyle. They need to be a people person. They need to have systems in place, all that stuff. You know, like, there are some gyms that do it successfully. Um, 
and to each their own. Like I'm, I'm not going to knock anybody for any particular model, but it, it's either works or it doesn't, right? So it's effective. It's just like coaching. It's either effective sure, or it's sure, not. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, any what's some of the biggest changes you've made in your gym in the last like two to three years oh as an gosh, affiliate owner? Man. Um, just getting some more help business wise and uh, setting up systems, whether it's like a, a gym playbook for new employees, um, job descriptions written out, you know, the, the system side of things, mm -hmm. getting that going. That's been basically the biggest change that I've made, man. I, I mean, other than that, it's been pretty consistent. What would you say, what, so what would you say was like your biggest Achilles heel? What was your Achilles heel like that you've kind of started addressing in the past like 36 months? My biggest Achilles heel, I mean, not to, to sound redundant, but it's just, it was lack of business knowledge mm -hmm. and that stuff's not just going to come to you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've learned, you know, my small things. Hey, this is probably not a good idea in California. The way that you're structured to pay your employees is 1099. Got it. You know, and and so I was like, all right, I'll do that. I'll, I'll get a payroll system. And, you know, this is years ago. Um, so my payroll system hits and I'm like, hey, hold on a minute. They're paying taxes on the income I'm paying them, but I have to pay taxes. You know, <laughs> what the damn fuck? it? Wait, what California? <laughs> yeah, thanks. So you know, these are the ways that I learned mm -hmm. about business, and uh, just to get all that a little more dialed in, you know, I got some help from uh, Two Brains. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Chris has been. Um, he's he's talked to Chris, and we've talked to quite a few. He's been on the podcast. So. That was great. I um. I went to a... I used them. He used them. Yeah. I went to... They did a, a dry run of their course mm -hmm. at Scotts Valley, and, and I attended. And the one thing that really struck me about those guys, there's a lot of people out there that you know, blew up a gym in a year, sold it, and now are consultants, you know? And everyone who presented at that course is a gym owner still. Which is super important. Yeah, I, that, I'm, that. I'm always suspect of somebody who they blew up their gym and then they sold it because to me that doesn't make any sense. If you have a cash flow asset, I'm, I'm really confused as to why you would sell it. Well, it's that, and I think that the first year or two, especially depending on location, but just for a CrossFit gym is relatively easy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's I mean, a good point. You know, it's, everything's new, fresh, and exciting. Well, he gave us two pieces. You need to hop back on, and then we'll wrap Jason, it up. All yours. Awesome, big evening, everybody. Thank you, Thanks. Sir. I'm, I'm hugging a big bearded man right now. This, what's up, my other roommate from the CrossFit Games two years ago? What's up? Good. All right, Fern's saying hi to everybody that I just said hi to. But I hope that was good. I'll have to listen to it. No, it was I, good. He made a lot of hand gestures. That's what he does. <laughs> so. All right, so let's uh, let's let's end with this. Yeah, we have to go. Our wives are going to be yelling at us. We have to get over. Mine's hangry. Um, yeah. And we, you know, we had the whole conversation about marriage on the last episode. Which Jess does listen to the podcast. I she commented. Yes. She commented. I so okay, so comments. I, I want to ask you this. But Tia did walk by earlier. Uh, Tia who? How many Tias? Do you know? I don't know any. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Tia Claire Toomey. I do not know her. I have judged her on several occasions, but I do not know her. Um, so let me ask you this question. So, again, we're at the 10-year, and I asked Austin 
this question too. What do you think affiliates are going to need to do to be here thriving and happy for the 20 plus year affiliate gathering? Well, personally, I do think if you're here now, you're, you probably will be doing the right things in another 10 years. I don't think you've survived this far. So in other words, keep doing what they're doing. But well, I don't know. I ask that because I'm not sure because I, I, I think only in the last 36 months has the market reached anything that looks like maturity, which changes a lot of things, right? So there's things you could have gotten away with 36 months ago or five years ago that That's, you cannot get away with right is, now. That is true. And if you're established, and if you, meaning like if you were first to the party, you can get away with that shit for a lot longer because you already have a built-in member yeah. base who doesn't know any better. I, you're right, and we made a lot of mistakes that if we had, were making them now... Would have gone out of business. Yes, 100%. We would have been, yes. Like, not even joking. We would have been boycotted, picketed. Uh, the business would have been shut down. Fire marshals would have come. You know, so, yeah. Curtis Bowler just walked by everybody. I see, yeah, OG. Saw, I saw Curtis earlier. John Brown's here, yeah. my man. Giving the finger to us. People yes. are like, who are these people? No. Curtis Bowler, who owns Rainier CrossFit owns in actually, Washington. Which is considered the, right now the first affiliate. First ever? Well, because a few had closed. So oh, he's got technically it. The he's technically oldest, number one. Yeah. And then uh, John Brown, who's on seminar staff, was a flow master for CrossFit kids for many years and as well. And his wife. And his well, wife, too, yeah. Kelly. Yep. And then a uh, couple other people. Joe DeGain. It's his birthday. Who today. I'm def Is his birthday today? Yeah. We're going to get drunk. He's definitely probably drunk already. Yeah. So he <laughs> definitely needs to be. I'll, we'll get him on the podcast, the, all three of us, before we leave. While he's drunk? That's even better. First drunk episode. Well, if he's on, then his wife needs to be on because I actually enjoy her more. Liz is Liz insane. is the best. She's insane. So you kind of, I guess, piggybacking off what we were saying then is you have to evolve. And now that's probably the question you're asking, though. What is evolving at this point? Yeah. I'd say. Besides listening to this podcast. You do have to do, and you, I think we already touched upon it, and so maybe it's a good point to wrap up. It's we have to show everyone that they can do CrossFit. And I don't know if that's too general. It's kind of general, but how would you do that? I, I kind of agree with you, meaning like I think it's time for affiliate owners in general to get their heads out of the sand. Yeah, I think, you know, a mistake I used to make, and to some extent still make it in different areas, is you just get so strong in your beliefs that you aren't looking elsewhere. And while I believe in CrossFit, I believe in one workout a day, I think there has to be something easier to get people into classes in joining the community. And that goes back to what you said, whether it's a boot camp, whether it's a CrossFit that doesn't do snatches for the first month, but we need to just show everyone, hey, this is safe, you're going to get fitter, and you're going to have a really good time while doing it. That's, that's what it's going to take, because if you don't do it, the truth is somebody else is going to do it in your town. Yeah, I th and I think that's a challenge, and the challenge is, hey, how do I lower the barrier for entry while not abandoning the methodology of CrossFit, exactly. which which does involve a barbell or a dumbbell and, and complex you, movements. You know how you do that, really, now that I think about it, is you become a better coach. So that was where I was hoping Austin was going to go early. I just don't think we had enough time, but I think... So I got the answer right. You, I think you, I think you did get the answer right, and but I don't think it's an answer, right? Because that's a very broad topic. But I think I, my point is, and I, with the with a lot of people, you mentioned people are they're deaffiliating or abandoning the brand, and I don't, and they're largely going to. If you take a look at it, and this is, I'm not knocking this. I just want to lead with that. They're going to lower skill programs. I say, wait, you actually were saying that. I I say we stop here. <clears throat> Okay. We have part two. 
because I'm, I think we're right where we need to be, and I think that's, ex you just really made me think of it from that perspective. It's easier to not coach the snatch. But, right. But if everybody, like, but that doesn't mean you can't be in class with my grandma. That's I can't coach Fern to snatch while I coach that woman. That means I'm not PVC. good enough. It means you're not good enough. And let's end it there. Let's so we'll end it there. We'll pick it back up. Joe DeGaines a great one to have on this for two. Oh, yeah, that's great. Okay. Well, we'll be less distracted. We might be drunk, but we'll, we'll be back. Jay will not be drunk. He's not going to drink. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't buy that. All right, guys. Um, but we're in Canada, and there is some legal stuff in Canada. There is cannabis is legal in Canada. So I forgot about that as we were until I'm, you're driving by all the dispensaries on the way here. If I'm asleep in the corner while you're recording, I'm very high. Don't wake me up. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I won't even be mad at you. All right. Well, let's go to this party. All right. See you guys. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, one more time, please. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at best hour of their day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.